If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Three, two, one. Do you know what I feel like doing? I feel like kicking back, relaxing, and getting comfy. Welcome to the Get Comfy Lowdown. I am your host, Kalo, as always, here to give you the lowdown on all things football-related, and I'm... I'm here today by myself to run through the NFL offseason. Now, I personally would say the NFL offseason of 2022 has been the most wild ride that any person, any professional, anybody who is invested in football has ever seen as of late. Now, in this episode, we're going to kind of break down all the quarterback moves, all the general moves every team is making, and then I'm going to do a totally separate Jets podcast, But because of course, they're my Jets. I need to have them in their own special box, and let's just say I am happy but also sad at the same time. Now, before we get into any of that madness, I'd like to say thank you to anybody and everybody who is liking and sharing this podcast with anybody and everybody you know. So, all right. Let's hop into the quarterbacks. I'm going to kind of separate people and kind of give give the quarterbacks their due diligence. So we're going to start off with my mortal enemy, the man that has tortured me at 44 years old, the GOAT, Tom Brady, unretires. Let me tell you something, brother. Shout out to Hulk Hogan. I could not have been more pissed. I could have not been more just punching the air, just upset. And he's not even in my division. He's not even in my conference. He's in the NFC. But just the prospect of having that man back in the NFL to to hunt down the other opposing NFL teams back in Tampa, it's insane. You know, I, I packed away... I I had my Brady retirement party the day I swore would never come, but I thought it did. And only a couple months down the road, here we are again. He is back. He, He said he got tired or he still has the fire in him. And the cynic in me, like the true, like, look at it this way. I kind of figured he'd come back, whether it have been this year or the year after, you know, take a time you know, take a year off for yourself, get your mind, get your body right, and then hop back in. But Tom Brady's still playing at it. Tom Brady is playing at an unbelievably high level. You know, he led the league in passing yards, 5,316 yards, passing touchdowns, 43, and he's 44. So, hey, 
there's that. The next big fish to fry. The Packers giving Aaron Rodgers $200 million. That, oh my gosh. I, if you're listening to this, my fellow friends who are Packers fans, I I am sorry. But I'm also not sorry. This is your own doing. But Aaron Rodgers gets the big contract extension, you know, $153 million guaranteed. Huge. And, you know, people would say, well, he's the back-to-back league MVP. Yes, he plays great football. He does. But in a league where, especially after this offseason, where teams are loading up, like it's going to be insane that at least five quarterbacks in the AFC East are going to make it to the playoffs, and there's still going to be amazing ones that have not made it, especially after all these power teams are forming. But it all goes back to, I feel bad saying this because it doesn't go back to, but it also does. The Packers drafting Jordan Love, expecting like he's the future. That is who we're running with. And then all of a sudden, you know, Rodgers goes out and wins the MVP. They make it to the NFC Championship game. They lose. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to come back to Green Bay. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know. And then he comes back, wins MVP again. He says he's going to take some time to really think about what's going to happen with himself, how he's feeling. And then he comes out and says, hey, I'm returning to the Packers. And no brainer. That's the best chance to win unless you went to the Broncos. But that's for another quarterback. But that also kind of generated a domino within the Packers. And I'm talking about Devontae Adams, the wide receiver, the star wide receiver, the I would argue the best wide receiver in the NFL took a hit and I believe the Packers should have paid Devonte last year, pay Aaron this year, and we would have all been fine. Everybody would have been happy. Everyone got their money, got their contract, but no, we find ourselves in this position. Now, Packer fans are like, why, why did Devonte go? Why did he, why did he leave us? Well, it's because he felt disrespected. He felt as if He was the one B that no matter what, that if Aaron Rodgers returns, hey, you're a lock to return. And in the world of professional football, that's not the case. It's not. And I'm going to pull up the um, the exact numbers for what the Vegas Raiders gave up. So the Las Vegas Raiders gave up a first round pick, number 22 overall, a second round pick, number 53 overall, and that's it. Of course, they took on Devontae's salary, I believe. I'm trying to pull up the numbers for what he got as far as salary goes, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a beef. it is a beefy contract. But, you know, he felt disrespected and... Here we go. Here here is the number for his contract. So he's going to be getting a five-year contract averaging $28.5 million per season with a $67.5 million fully guaranteed. Now, rumor comes out that Aaron Rodgers was well aware of these developments before he signed his contract. And it makes you think. It makes you think what Aaron Rodgers thought of Devontae. And I know they're teammates. They respect each other. 
But the fact that Aaron Rodgers signed his contract fully knowing that Devontae was upset, also that they would be forced to trade him, who are the Packers' weapons? Like, you can't just go off the notion that Aaron Rodgers is just good. He'll make anybody good. Because that doesn't really translate well, especially if you're going to make it to the NFC Championship game. And when you can use a guy like Devontae, when you're in a tough third and long or you're in the red zone for the game-winning touchdown or game-tying or however you want to put it, Aaron's going to throw to Devontae. Now who is Aaron going to throw to? You know, they could pick up a wide receiver in the draft, but again, nobody truly replaces Devontae Adams and what he could do on the field. So I don't know. That that was just a whole a whole big mess for the Packers. And, you know, could they trade for a Brandon Cooks, Tyler Lockett, Jarvis Landry? I don't know. I mean, that is up in the air. As of recording, at least, watch something happens as soon as I hang up this call. But, you know, that's just I feel bad for Packers fans. I truly do. But the front office is just ruining that franchise. On to the next quarterback that took the spot that Aaron Rodgers was penciled in to be traded to. And I'm talking about Russell Wilson. So weird. So weird to see him on the Broncos. But it's interesting to see him in Denver, primarily because there was a whole report that Russ wasn't happy in Seattle. There was clashing with Pete Carroll The offensive line wasn't up to par. And now Russell Wilson gets traded to the Denver Broncos. And he all of a sudden has a whole bunch of weapons. And not to say that he didn't have um, weapons. He had DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, uh, Chris Carson. I couldn't think of his name right away. But it's interesting to see how... He will thrive in Denver or fail. He also goes to the AFC West, which is already a stacked division. But now, hey, that made it. So the Broncos agreed to trade for Russell Wilson, but they also gave up Drew Locke, their starting quarterback. Tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, two first round picks in 2022, number nine overall. And in 2023, Two second round picks, number 40 overall, and of course, one in 2023, and a 2022 fifth round selection. And then, of course, the Broncos in return get Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick this year. Russell Wilson goes to an offense that has Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. I don't know if Tim Patrick's still there, but they got those young receivers there. They have a running back in Javante Williams. That offense looks great. It looks, I would argue, better than when he had in Seattle, but I don't want to discount Tyler Lockett and DK because those two are an amazing wide receiver duo. But also, too, I don't know, something about Russell Wilson in Denver just kind of seems dangerous. Okay, that's that's it for my jokes for today. But we're going to move on to the bigger, the bigger overarching story. And I'm not getting into the civil suits or anything like that. I'm strictly talking football moves. Of course, with this situation, it's very touchy, but the Browns trading for Deshaun Watson. 
And of course, he was given the largest guaranteed contract in NFL history at a whopping $230 million. Fully guaranteed. I I just don't understand. Like, yes, there were the questions that is Baker the guy? And a lot of people say no because of the way he's played. But there are also people that still believe in Baker. There was also reports coming out that the teams that he narrowed down to, and this is, you know, until until they announced the final two teams, I'm going to say. It was the Browns, the Panthers, Saints, and Falcons. Of course, Atlanta, that's where he's from, hometown. You always got to include that. He originally said to the Browns, I don't want to come there. He met with them. He met with the front office, coach, everything. And he said, I don't know. I don't think so. Panthers backed out, said they were out of the race. Then it was down to the Saints and the Falcons. Then all of a sudden we get reports that, hey, Sean Watson is now a Cleveland Brown, a trade that does not include Baker Mayfield. Insane. Now, what are the what are the Browns going to do with Baker? Of course, I'm I've literally just been talking about quarterbacks. This doesn't even go beyond that. But. Baker Mayfield is now sitting behind Deshaun Watson, who we don't even know will play this season. And teams are filling up with quarterbacks. There really isn't much places to go outside of Carolina and Seattle. People are saying Baker to Seattle makes sense. And hey, you know what? If that's the only logical spot. But I'm also hearing Carolina's in on a quarterback who also has Sam Darnold. So are we going to sign Josh Rosen and have a... 2018 quarterback battle for who quarterbacks the Carolina Panthers? Who knows? But speaking of quarterbacks and one that is old, but the Colts got a quarterback finally, a competent quarterback, and the Colts traded for Matt Ryan. Insane. A guy who has spent 14 years in Atlanta is now going to be wearing a different jersey, and the Colts continue their trend of signing the old quarterback and riding it out. Matt Ryan, to me, on the Colts makes sense. It seems like the most logical fit, aside from the Falcons. But first, the Falcons also signing Mariota in his stay. Hey, you know what? Let it work. Arthur Smith was there in Tennessee while Mariota was there. They can figure that out. But Matt Ryan on the Colts gives them a quarterback, would you argue, better than Carson Wentz? I don't really know. But it's worth noting that Matty Ice is now in Indianapolis Colts, and he joins an offense that has Jonathan Taylor. That's all I got to say. Jonathan Taylor. Love him in fantasy. So we're getting into more of the lower end, and I say that, but they're really, they're good quarterbacks. Or I'm, I, I just jinxed myself. They're, they're all right. The, Steeler, the Steelers giving Mitchell Trubisky a second chance. Of course, you know, this offseason, they hired Brian Flores, they got Miles Jack, James Daniels in O-line, and Mason Cole. And apparently people are high on Mitchell Trubisky, who spent a year behind Josh Allen up in Buffalo at Dable. And hey, he's a more athletic quarterback than Big Ben, so how bad can it truly get? Watch they finish last in that division. But hey. The Saints re-signed Jameis Winston. He had an ACL tear on Halloween this past year. And the Saints were at 5-2. And, and he had a 14-3 to interception. 
ratio. Is that what they call it? Sure. But Jameis Winston, of course, after the Deshaun Watson news came out, they were like, you know what, Jameis, come on back. Let's run it back again. I don't know. I don't know what the Saints are. Also, it's weird not having Sean Payton there either. So what are the Saints moving forward? We don't know. They're also getting Michael Thomas back. I don't know if he he might be traded. I don't know. Also, the Vikings re-signing Kirk Cousins to a one-year $35 million extension through 2023. He seems set up in Minnesota. I was watching the Pat McAfee show, and he said it's more or less like that was the plan all along, to stay in Minnesota. He doesn't want to be this journeyman quarterback. He wants to have... Ideally, he wanted one team, but he ended up two, and he doesn't want to become a three. So, hey, Car- uh, I about to say Carson Wentz. Jeez. Kirk Cousins is back with the Minnesota Vikings. A hit on Mariota, and of course, Carson Wentz being traded to the Washington Commanders. That's going to be weird to say. I don't know. I don't know how Carson Wentz is going to wage out there, but if he, they believe in him, if he could get back to that MVP caliber season or the when he had the nomination, hey, let's go. Let's let's ride this thing out, Commanders. Before we continue the show, I wanted to take a little time to talk about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit other people's expectations. And the more freeing solution is to find the things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique. And what works for someone else might not really work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work towards your goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. And for me personally, that's huge. I know that I am not Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I know that I'm not getting up at four in the morning to go work out. But by using Noom and having that little more of uh, flexibility and stability, it certainly helps with my journey here. Noom also makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons that help you gain confidence and a practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and cognitive behavioral approaches that teach you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom weight loss users finished the program, and more than 60% of users that engaged with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash believe. Again, that is Noom, N-O-O-M, dot com slash believe b l all right we are going to be moving forward from quarterbacks now on to skill positions i'm going to call them i i guess that's what we're going to call them it's really uh it's really weird but um we begin we begin here with I guess I want to start with the Kyler Murray thing because it's not really an off-season move, more or less. You know, it's just drama. He removes all of the Arizona Cardinals from his social medias. And we all know how that went, me being a Jets fan with with Jamal Adams. Hey, it happens. But I guess after a couple weeks, he 
he just needed some time away to get everything sorted out. And I guess the Cardinals and Kyler Murray are back and he's wanting the extension, but he needs to win. That's what it boils down to. Also, the Ravens getting Marcus Williams, five-year deal, $70 million. It, it was one of the, the people on my wish list for for the Jets, and especially if we're not, we didn't re-sign Marcus May, who went to the Saints, but that was huge. The Bengals finally, finally wising up and adding ex-Bucks guard Alex Kappa. It just seems like they need, it was an absolute must to upgrade that offensive line this past offseason, this offseason, after what happened in the Super Bowl with Aaron Donald. But of course, that's Aaron Donald, different story, but still, you need to protect Joe Burrow. That's what I said last year. Look, we're right back to it. (laughs) Should they have drafted Sewell? I don't know. But I want to talk now about the Jacksonville Jaguars not going to talk about Urban Meyer or anything else that happened with that stuff because that's a whole big mess. But what is also a mess is the way they spent money this offseason. They threw $72 million over four years to Christian Kirk. What? They also added Zay Jones, who only had 652 yards in a single season since entering the league in 2017 with a three-year, $24 million deal. Nine mil to Evan Ingram. That's about the cheapest they went. Foye Olkun, three years, $45 million. Here's Jet, Foley Fadokasi, great player, three years, $30 million. And Darius Williams, three years, 30 mil. And they also took a big swing at a guy I really wanted as well, Brandon Sheriff, $49.5 million over three years to help with that offensive line. I I don't understand the moves. I mean, I, I understand some of them, but the Christian Kirk thing makes me scratch my head a little bit, trying to figure out what they are really trying to accomplish. Is he the difference maker? I don't believe so. But, hey. And according to Warren Sapp, and this is from NFL.com, The Jacksonville Jaguars, since 2012, have dropped a league-leading $1.64 billion in free agency. And look where that got them. Insane. Now, I want to talk about this because it's a big deal. Certainly huge. But I also don't want to go into a Jets tangent. But I... I have to. I I have to. I I need somewhere to vent about this. So, three kill to the Miami Dolphins. It hurts. It hurts, man. It hurts so much. And my best friend, being a Dolphins fan, he sure as hell let me know that Cheetah is now in the AFC East. So, what happened? I woke up in the morning and... I see a report from Shefty saying the Chiefs have given Tariq Hill permission to seek a trade. And the two teams that seem to be in the lead, that are the only two teams involved or something along those lines, are the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets. I could not believe it. 
that my New York Jets were in the lead for Tariq Hill. Now, it goes per reported that the two trades that were suggested were sent to the Chiefs. Both of them were approved. Apparently, the Jets didn't give up a first round or any of their first round picks. It was a bunch of second rounders and third rounders, and it was approved by the Chiefs. Joe Douglas would have gotten Tariq Hill without giving up one of our first round picks. Insane. But what it all boiled down to is where Tariq Hill wanted to play, which I respect it. But he ended up picking Miami. And what did the Miami Dolphins give up? They gave up five draft picks total. A 2022 first round pick, which is number 29. A second round pick, which is number 50. A fourth round pick, plus a fourth and a sixth round picks in 2023. But they also gave him a four-year, $120 million deal contract extension. I It makes him the highest paid receiver in the NFL, or if in NFL history. And the $72.2 million becomes fully guaranteed at the start of 2023. I... It sucks that Tariq Hill went to the Dolphins. It does. Now that you know, knowing the day of the trade when it happened that the Jets and the Dolphins, two teams in the AFC East, were neck and neck for this superstar receiver. Only for him to pick the Miami Dolphins, which honestly are in a better position to win versus the Jets. But I'll save what we should do now in response for the Jets podcast. But that Miami offense is looking fast. An offense that has Jalen Waddle, they didn't even have to give up Devontae Parker, which is astounding that the Chiefs didn't want a receiver. They just said, hey, we're fine with the picks. Keep it moving. They did just sign Juju, but really? Tree kill? Miami seemed to be on the uptick, and it may, it's making me scared for my New York Jets. But it's insane. I did talk about the Devontae Adams deal. And of course, there will be other acquisitions made. Of course, where Baker goes, we don't really know. But if it comes out, if anything happens, I will for sure do a podcast talking about it. But that about does it here for the Get Comfy Lowdown. We hope you guys enjoyed. This show goes live every Wednesday morning. We get the Get Comfy Game Break every Friday morning. And of course, the Get Comfy Podcast every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all major listening platforms like iTunes, Spotify, and of course, the Believe Podcast Network. I have been Kalo, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.